folks, welcome back to another episode of Picking Corners. There's a lot of comedy in the air today. We're excited to be with you guys uh, back on the podcast. It's been a little bit. Uh, I was just thinking yesterday about uh, the last podcast we recorded. Um, I was listening back to several of our podcasts, uh, realizing how far we've made it in a calendar year, uh, how much the content's gotten better, the guests have gotten better. Everything about the podcast has been awesome. Thanks to all of your listeners' support. Today's episode and all the episodes, as always, are brought to you by Bardown Lacrosse. Check them out at gobardownlax.com for all of your NLL, MSL, picking corners, back of the bird, juniors. All the apparel you need for box, basically, is at gobardownlax.com. Um, and we've talked about this previous, but they fill a great void and they eliminate people screen printing incorrect jerseys in the back of their apartments. Um, so GoBardownLax has all of your actual official legit merchandise at GoBardownLax.com, including including the Picking Corners collection. Uh, if you go to their main site up across the top, you're going to see Shop Bar Down, Shop OJLL, NLL, Back of the Bird, and then Shop Box Lacrosse. And Shop Box Lacrosse is our official Picking Corners merchandise store. My current favorite item, I think at the moment, has to be the uh, trucker hat. Uh, it is phenomenal with those yellow stripes going around the side. So if you guys are looking to maybe pick up some late Christmas presents that are going to be here after Christmas, or you are getting gift cards or whatever it may be, or you know your grandparents are stuffing your stocking full of cash, go take that cash, go buy a temporary credit card, give it to your cousin who's got a Venmo to transfer it into their account, do something with that cash to be able to get online and go to gobardownlax.com. <laughs> and the Picking Corners podcast brought to you by Go Bar Down Lax. Guys, what is up? Uh, Garrett is driving uh, right now, which this is probably not a safe thing. You know, um, this is a normal day in, in, in Chicago drivers. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to start off to that. Uh, Cam, uh, you're back in the normal spot. Yeah. Gentlemen, the holidays are upon us. What's good? Yeah, so last time you guys recorded, I uh, I was sick. I had COVID. Um, I had caught COVID from uh, a wedding I was in um, and ended up not being able to go to Toronto and see the Rock and Wings play, which was a little disappointing. But that doesn't mean that I was, uh, you know, lacking for any NLL action for sure. I was definitely keeping up with it. Um, I think the season's off to a hot start, and we'll definitely get into that. Um I, I don't know if you guys have seen, but I started Cammy Max uh, betting corner. Uh, it was a really, really tough start. Humbled uh, super quick. Uh, we we went one for three. Learned uh, you definitely don't uh, bet against Toronto at home. Um, so that, that was a tough one. But we bounced back. Second week, we went two for three. Um, the Warriors came out of nowhere and actually absolutely took it to the swarm. So that was the one that I lost. But uh, got three good bets that we'll probably be releasing tomorrow for you guys. Um, and, you know, the whole reason we kind of started is just another thing to, to look forward to every week, especially ahead of the games, participate a little bit, obviously, if you're over 21. Um, and if we win some money, we're going to donate it to, uh, you know, some some sort of lacrosse charity. Um, every Child Matters, something, something along those lines. Um, but, yeah, in, in terms of what's going on with me, it's just kind of, you know, getting ready for the holidays here. Um, it's it's weird because I feel like the last, like, three Christmases it hasn't snowed. And, again, this year it's going to be, like, 51 degrees, um, which I'm I'm not a fan of. Like, if I'd, I would take I would take 32 degrees and snowing over 40 degrees and raining every any day. Like, I you know, it's dry. Like it looks a lot prettier. You can actually go outside still. 
I don't know. I'm kind of a stickler for weather, obviously. You, you, you know me, but. Uh, you know, we just have to hope now that this weather carries over into the spring season and we can start practices right away. It's going to be brutal, dude. You know that. You know if it's good, yeah. it's going to be awful in a month. That's that's my direct concern and what our – You know you know when it has snowed, Tucker? The last, like, three years in a row on my birthday, April 17th, it snowed. <laughs> so, Which still makes no sense. Right. <laughs> Very I think true. the seasons are shifting. I don't know. Put your tin hat on for that one. Um, yeah. Garrett, tell me what's going on, brother. What do you, I, Other than all of a sudden you're in the car going to a doctor's appointment, uh, I guess you yeah. know, your health is more important than the health of this podcast, but what's going on? You know, it's uh, sometimes you got you know, to sacrifice a little bit. You know, my health, all health. But, you know, hey, we're good. But, no, I'm not going to lie. I'm with you on the weather. Um, I just put my tree up today. It's what December twenty first, twenty twentieth, and <laughs> just my, my in time, dude. Just going, yeah, first. my tree is just going. Up. I just bought lights for it, and I was like wondering, like, why am I not feeling like Christmas? I'm outside in a hoodie. It's fifty degrees right now. This is. I'm not gonna lie. It sucks. Yeah, it's not. I just. I feel like it should be cold and snowing in the winter. You know, it's just. Yeah. If I wanted to live in warm weather, I'd move south and just so, you know, who knows? Maybe we have to go up to Canada and we'll just like right. dive into the senior A scene there or, you know, or senior Z team or whatever, whoever it'll take us. But um, should we, should <laughs> we, we talk work, about, work uh, down the <laughs> should we talk about, should we like make picks live? So I don't know if you guys have been following this either, but we've been just picking, you know, who we think is going to win every week. Um, I know I've been doing a pretty good job. I don't like you guys, but there's only three games coming up this weekend, two tomorrow, actually. And then we've got uh, mm -hmm. one matchup on Saturday. So why don't we make our picks, talk a little bit about the games, and then we can get to our interview with Jack Hanna coming up here. What do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely ready for it. Perfect. So first game tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central. We've got Toronto Rock um, taking it on the road against Panther City. Uh, personally, I think the Rock are going to come away with a, a win in this one. Um, but I think Panther City has been playing really well in the beginning of the season. So I think it's going to be a close game. Um, Tucker, Garrett, who, who who do you guys got? Panther City or Rock in that one? Toronto. Yeah. Same. Okay, all three of us are in on Toronto. That mm -hmm. makes sense to me. Uh, but, again, I do think we're going to see a good game. I want to look yeah. up uh, – I, I did take my, my bets already this week, so maybe I'll give a little – inside information to you guys so you can get the lines early but were you going to say something Garrett no I mean I was just like I, I think Toronto's going to be going to do it um granted some they had a couple people retire and some they're still injured but with the folks that they have added to take those places um I think that they're gonna they're gonna come away with it um not to say that Panthers is just gonna roll over and Definitely let not. them win it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a good game so well, yeah 100 we'll percent. I've actually really enjoyed watching Panther City play so far this season um I, I ended up taking Toronto Rock minus two and a half. So they're supposed to win by three goals. Um I I could I definitely see that happening. But yeah. again, I think Panther City could surprise some people. So we'll see. The next game we've got that night is Georgia on the road um against Colorado, uh, who has had a pretty abysmal start to their season. Uh and Georgia's coming off a pretty tough loss to Vancouver. Um, is that what you were gonna say, Tuck? I'm taking Georgia because of that. You taking so a little revenge game from Georgia, or not revenge, but you know they're a little bounce back game. Try to get yeah, and and Colorado's been struggling now. They are going to be uh, 
in the loud house there. I think that's what they call it. I can't remember what the they, they call their stadium off the top of my head. I see it all the time and I'm blanking. But uh, they just have not been performing. Now, the beginning of the season is always tough because I feel like the standings now always look completely different than they do at the end of the year. But mm-hmm. I'm 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 going to go Georgia as well. Um, Garrett, who do you got? I'm just saying Georgia too. And like this year, like the standings look weird. Um, the Mammoth isn't really playing like I mean, really like people expected them to. I'm sure that they didn't expect it to also. Um, but with the season, how they have the new format, I feel like a lot of these games matter more than just, you know, oh, we can just blow off some games at the beginning and take it back at the end of the season. 100%. Um, I, I, the bet I put on this game is the over at 23 and a half. Uh, I feel like Georgia has been putting up 15 to like 17 goals every game either way. And I'm hoping that the Mammoth are going to come out and start start putting in some good offensive work as well. So I took the over in that game. I think it's a little hopeful. It's not like one of my more confident bets this week, but there's only three games to pick around. Last but not least. One. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see how, how it pans out. Uh, last but not least, we've got Vancouver away against Rochester at home. Um, personally, I think Rochester is looking like an absolute machine right now. Uh, they've been playing really well, but Vancouver had a huge bounce back game last week. So I I actually took Vancouver money line plus 154 in this game. So I'm going to ro- roll with Vancouver just because I think – I think they finally hit their stride and, you know, it's early, right. I think the first game they were obviously, you know, getting their feet wet. Um, and then they just poured it on last week. And I, I think we're just going to see a repeat of that, but I don't think Rochester is going to roll over by any means. I, I could easily see Rochester winning this. They are the favorites, especially at home. But what do you guys think? I'm thinking Rochester, actually. I totally respect that. Um, like this is like, this was like a toss up almost. Yeah. I, it's just really tough because Vancouver's played awful, but then they've, I mean, awful, you know, in the sense of they, they lost. Uh, right. And, and then um, I also, but then they also like turned it up last week and, and just absolutely dominated. Right. So Tucker, who do you got warriors or Nighthawks? Uh, warriors. Okay. Riding with me and the warriors. All right. I like it. Uh, yeah. They're, they're dogs. I one, one plus one fifty four money line. So, I mean, you know, we're, we're looking at a, a decent payout. Yeah. For that one. That's, that's the slate of games. Um, and I, I do want to leave a decent amount of time on this episode for Jack Hanna. The uh, only thing I wanted to kind of bring up before we jump over to that is just a lot of the initiatives that we have going on right now, right? If you're not following along, you should be uh, for our behind the box series. We're going to come out with our third episode, I believe, or is it the fourth episode, Garrett? If it be we- one, two, three, third episode. Okay, so I think it's our third episode for that. Um, we should probably know that. But anyways, you should be following along <laughs> on our Instagram. Again, my betting corner should be coming out at, you know, most Fridays. I didn't do it last week, but I did it on the story, so you can follow along with me there. And then um, we also are going to have uh, a cool kind of interactive 50th episode where we reach out to you guys, our fans, people that we've had on the show, um, and just have you say a little bit about, you know, your experience with us. And, and we're going to put it all together for a really cool kind of 
uh, you know, 50th episode celebration thing. So look out for that. Um, otherwise, is there anything else you guys wanted to chat about before we jump over to Jack? Oh, I think that's good to it. Perfect. Sweet it. To, short, sweet, to the point. I love it. Uh, it's good to be yeah. back. So let's, without further ado, let's get over to our episode with Jack Hannon. Welcome back, everybody, to the Picking Corners podcast, only on the Box of Cross channel. Today, we have a very illustrious guest. You see him definitely around the lacrosse world a lot because he plays in both leagues, PLO and NLL. This guy's all across the alphabet. Today, we have the one and the only Jack the Hellhound Hannah. This guy mm-hmm. plays for two two teams for dogs. He's, like, <laughs> he's literally a dog. How does that feel? Is that like, a, like the world's best coincidence, or how is that? Yeah, I think, I think it's just a really good coincidence, to be honest. I mean, I was with Panther City, and I got picked up, had no idea, to Vegas. So then I was like, all of a sudden, I'm a double dog, you know? Double dog. There we go. See? Love oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, what, with that being – how you say you didn't know you got picked up by by Vegas? What was that whole thing like? Was it just like a phone call? I'm like, hey, um, don't show up. Did your key card <laughs> not work to come to the facility? Or how was that going? Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, I hadn't like. It's not like I had played with Panther City at all yet. I, uh, you know, I was just like drafted to him. I was still in college, and uh, when I knew the expansion draft was going on, I was really joking around with my dad about it. And I'm like, it'd be pretty sweet if I went to the new team in Vegas. But I was just like, I also remember telling him, like, I don't think anybody knows who I am. I'm an American rookie that got drafted in the second round. Like, I was like, the chances of me getting picked up are, are really, really thin. And then I figured out over Instagram. And I was like, oh, look at that. I got picked up. And then the next day I got a call from Willie. So, yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, no, I, mean, no, I hope you went no, to uh... no key card. <laughs> they uh they didn't even you didn't even have a jersey in the locker room yet or anything right they're like no. oh hey just go over there <laughs> yeah that's what it was it's like you're going this direction now i'm like all right sounds good i guess hey well i hope you uh, hope you doing good on the slot machines out there we're doing all right I, I i try to stay away from it a little bit every time i do well i'm like this is probably the time to stop <laughs> yeah what's the, Man, what's the game of here first yeah. Uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gambling at all, I'm gonna play blackjack probably in the casino. I don't know. Like, every once in a while, I'll play like a little roulette or something. I kind of just go wherever the fellas are at. Like I'm not I'm not huge on it, honestly, just because I don't have a bunch of money to burn. But like at the same time, it's super fun sometimes. But yeah, bl- blackjack's my go-to. Yeah, I think that's a good segue, okay. honestly, for uh, you know just playing in that market. Obviously, Vegas is a really really uh, big up-and-coming sports market, right? Um, got the Knights there, the Raiders, right? You guys, uh, they're moving the athletics there, right? So what's it like being able to to play in a city like Vegas? I feel like it's one of a kind, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I could have never really imagined what it's like. I mean, honestly, I hadn't been to Vegas a ton before I got drafted. I think maybe one time I was there as, like, a little kid playing sports or something. But, like, I'd never really seen Vegas in person until I was there for, like, training camp and stuff. So, um, I mean, it's an electric city, obviously. So I don't know how much all the fans know about what's going on, but they're all having a great time and they're there. So it's like, you know, it's a fun city. It's it's kind of, I will say like probably the worst part about it is walking through casinos to practice, but also like who really cares, you know, it's like <laughs> so many people there, their minds are, some, are, are somewhere else. So it's not that big of a deal, but it is a little weird sometimes when it's like 8 a.m. and you're heading to shoot around and there's like, 40 people on a slot machine hammering darts and you're just like oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna 
I'm going to practice right now. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. There's some odd dilemmas there, but overall it's super fun. Yeah. The, the, the fans are great. Obviously going out, it's like a fun time there as well. There's pretty much unlimited things to do. So it's remind uh, me, do you, do you guys practice in Mandalay too, or do you practice somewhere else? We practice in Mandalay normally, occasionally, like just because there's so many events that go through there. Like there's like a big concert the night before a game or something like that. Sometimes we have a, we have a separate facility that we can go to, but uh majority of our practices are at Mandalay. It just kind of depends. Like it has, it's gotta be a pretty big show for them to plan it the night before one of our games. But um yeah, but that's only been like, like one or two times or something like that. Most of the time we get to practice there, which is nice. It's a really nice floor. Do yeah. you guys stay in the hotel the night of, or, or, you know, I know guys do stay obviously in market. Is that, are you staying in market this year? What does that look like for you guys? Uh, so, so I live in Denver, so I coach a lot in Denver and I, uh, I'm starting, I come uh, starting this fall. I've been running a business in Denver, coaching right. the kids draw. So um, like for me, I moved to Denver because at the start of last season, I was in Ohio still, like just had graduated college, finished up my PLL season, didn't plan anything out. So I was like back home for the first, what, like two games of the season. And the travel was so terrible that I was like, whatever, I got to go back to Denver and figure something out because the flight's super easy. Um, I might live in market eventually. A lot of guys do, though. I would say like half our team, maybe a little bit more lives in market, but it's a pretty good setup for them. They at least put you on the pullout couch or? I stop in every once in a while. Yeah, they got some good couches. Honestly, the house, the one big house that we have is really, really sick. It's like they got a pool in the backyard. It's like pretty real deal spot it's like yeah it's it's a big it's like five dudes shouldn't be living in it it's like a family home it's not <laughs> oh well maybe we'll have to stop by if we uh make it out i want to make it out to a game this year for sure um and, and speaking of you know you guys interesting start to your season i i think you've you've been definitely putting a good product on the floor you know what's the talk in the locker room how are you guys feeling starting one and two you know going, going forward here well i mean you know, we had an okay start. You don't have to be nice about it. It's really not the greatest start in the world. But, uh, I mean, coming off the last game, it's our worst loss ever. So, obviously, like, we had to do some rethinking about what we're doing. And, you know, I think you know, I think we just played a bad game as well. And Sask, you know, everything was going for them. And they played really fast and kind of stepped in our throats. But, um, I mean, yeah, like, man, we have a good locker room. We got a lot of new guys in from last year. So, it's definitely, to me, still a little bit of a chemistry thing that we're working out and, like, how sure. to play with um but we're getting better game by game honestly until the last game like last game was a complete you know we just laid an egg but um i i, I got i got high hopes for what we got in the locker room like we had a great group of guys some really skilled guys coming in on the ON. like casey jackson's unreal to have around absolutely um, you know like sean wesley's like our some of our rookies are killing it obviously having like whipper around like, that kid's the real deal we just got to put the pieces together i think you know i think the product that you're seeing will be a lot better by the end of the season like yeah, right now I- we're we're figuring it out. Like last Absolutely. game, was, I mean, it was it was awful. So you know, it is what it is. But it it's a tough league. You just can't you can't show up and not not be competing. And that's kind of what we did. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like the pieces are definitely there for you guys. I, I think you guys are going to get together. But that's yeah. I'm, I'm glad we were able to cover NOL before I let Tucker just run wild with his Ohio connections. So with, <laughs> without further ado, Tuck, uh, the floor is yours, brother. Oh man, I just uh, I you know following your journey has been has been cool. Um, just from an advocate for guys growing up in the U.S., playing box in the U.S., going an unconventional route, that is, it is becoming more conventional now. Like you're, you're kind of the first of this, you know, the start of this process where we're seeing 
you know, U.S. box that have a major impact. We're seeing the OCBLL, the, the Colorado Collegiate Box League, the Connecticut Box League, like all these leagues have, have you know, started to offer a very real route to the NLL, um, which, you know, I think of, I wish existed earlier, I guess is the way to say it. And, you know, I think you and I are the same age, probably graduated the same year. And we, I think of myself graduating when I did, I wish these leagues were around before. I wish they, they ran a long time ago because we would see a different, we would see a different route for us players now, but you're, you're kind of the first to show this in a very successful manner. Um, what does that mean to you? I mean, obviously like you, you grew up outside of Cincinnati in Milford, you played OCBLL um, with the Rivermen. You've played a little bit of the, uh, like the senior box stuff around the U S senior quote unquote is what I always say. Um, and you've, you know, you've gone that kind of U S route. What does that mean to you? taking that route to getting where you are today and do people come to you with questions because of that you know are you kind of a figure because of that what does that kind of route you took mean I mean honestly yeah I do I definitely take a lot of pride in it like to me you know there's been the American guys that go up and play junior before they come and play in the NLL and have have had some success or like guys over the years that end up even just being good college field players get attributed success because they went up and played in juniors in Canada and stuff right so it's like for me, it was like I definitely considered going up north and playing. And then the more I talked to Coach Brown about it, he was just kind of like, listen, man, like as long as you're like putting effort forward and like really trying to learn the game because there's still good guys around that understand it. And I mean, I played in the first whatever. I think it was the very first national one when we played Colorado in the box nationals. That was the first one of that one. And I also played in the first year of the Ohio League. And uh, I mean, man, like obviously at the start, it wasn't the greatest box across in the world. And you have to enforce it a little bit differently because it is such a dangerous game. Like if you got big, strong athletes running around and they don't understand what can really hurt somebody and what cannot, you have to keep the physicality down a little bit. So like first couple of years, it wasn't nearly the same as the NLL. I mean, it still obviously isn't, but um, you know, the games I've been able to go back and watch and even just remembering the progression over like the four or three summers that I did it, it was, it just kept getting better and kept getting better. Obviously COVID had a little bit of a, a dip in it, like we, we lost some registration in the Ohio League when COVID happened. And it was just like a group of guys that were all there became a year older and couldn't play anymore, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, man, it's like I, I try to stay as connected to the U.S. box as I can. Like I'm still going up and doing the VC tour stuff with the little guys. Um, and that's so much fun because like these little kids in the United States now are going to be good box across players. Like, and they're figuring it out from a young age too, right? It's like technically I started playing. I did the U18 tour to BC when I was whatever. I was 18 going into my freshman year of college then. I was a little younger. So most of the guys were seniors in high school. A couple of us were in like going into college. Um, and we played like real good junior A teams. We went up and played Langley. We went up and played Adnax. Like we played all the good teams. Played a couple of junior B teams, things like that. But it was like my first experience with it, that full speed. And that was before I'd played in the collegiate box, U.S. box of stuff. Um so, like, I loved it right out of the gate. I'm like, this is unreal. Like, I love everything was about it. Got to get it firsthand in Canada from the gate. So I kind of knew what it should look like. And then I kind of just trusted it when I was in Ohio. I'm like, yeah, but, like, guys are going to figure it out, you know? It's like even now with, like, you look at, like, Peyton Rizanka and Danny Logan. Like, I'm like, dude, these American D-mid D guys can be unreal transition players. These guys have the ability to do it. And a lot of it's still, like, just learning the game, which I'm still doing, too. It's like – you know, now the kids, especially like those guys in the California teams and the New York teams and the Ohio teams are still good. But like, man, like some of these teams in California, they're all getting trained by this, like the SEALs guys. They're subbing at a high level. They're playing like the little the little games that before you never had. It was always just like 
running around like it's field lacrosse. Like you, you'd set box picks and do stuff, but there wasn't a lot of like the intricate game within the game stuff that you see out all these Canadian guys that are so smart, you know? Um, but that's grown and it's, and it's getting better. And I, I like to attribute the U S collegiate stuff of just giving me a sense of what it feels like to be in the space. So it's like, I never, even when I got to the NLL, obviously everything was still moving really fast for me and I'm still learning. Like every game, I got a million questions. I got a lot of stuff to improve on like every game still. Like I'm asking the rookies questions and things like that. Cause like they know they've been doing it their whole life, you know? Um, but it just gave me that confidence and like what it feels like to come around and shoot with a box goal in front of you and like aim for those spots, get comfortable with the pick and roll and catching the ball in tighter, like whether or not it's perfect box across, it really opens your mind up to that kind of side of the game of lacrosse that inherently helps all of your field lacrosse helps everything. And it also just gives you that intro into box across. If you're going to try and you have the opportunity to be able to try to get in the NLL or even go up and play senior ball in Canada or something like that. Like, it just gives you that step in the right direction and just makes it a little bit easier. Still yeah. had a bunch of problems rookie year, like plays and all this stuff. Cause all these guys know all these plays like the back of, you know, it's like, it, it's ridiculous. They're all like, Oh, you guys remember that play Buffalo ran back in the day. And everyone's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I don't at all. I'm like, <laughs> someone, can someone explain the play to me, please? And it's like it, stuff like that still goes on. But um, yeah, man, like if I didn't play in that stuff, I have no idea where I'd be at right now in the NLL. Yeah. It's, a, it's an awesome route, man. It's and if anyone wants to read more kind of on your your backstory, I think the NLL did a great job on an article a little while back here, um, kind of breaking down your journey. So anyone wants to see it, go to the NLL.com under the news article and you can kind of give it more of a read. But what when did when did box kind of come on your radar? You know, you just mentioned you did the U18 tour as a player. Um, was it previous to that? You know, where did where did the the, the kind of landscape of box get in your mind as something you wanted to try out so it originally came from a coach called mark lynch he's uh he coaches at moeller now actually but he was my one of my milford coaches for years he's still one of my best buds like the guy is the man and he's always been big on box he's been big on like the stuff that like jamie and rose doing with small games and learning how to play in tight spaces so he actually started a box league when I was in high school, like sophomore, junior, senior high school, before I'd really played in the collegiate stuff or any real box across like the U18 tour. So it was pretty much a track meet. Like it, it was ridiculous. Like it was it was up and down, speed flying, majority of the better. Like, we really just got better at shooting. We weren't really doing pick and rolls at a high level. Not many guys had rib pads, things like that. So it was like a very loose term of box. But, like, that's when I started to get integrated into the faking and finishing on the box goalies and learning some of that stuff. So it was, like, a very small step compared to the collegiate things when I'm actually playing more of what is box across. Um, but, yeah, like, Coach Lynch, he put me into all that stuff, and uh, he kind of just kept telling me and pushing me towards it. And he was like, it's going to be super beneficial for you. And even though that league wasn't crazy, and he even knew that too because he knew what good box was. And he was just like, listen, like, if you guys are trying it and playing it, it's going to be a step in the right direction something for you guys to do in the winter and he's like and realistically speaking like we don't have like the the funds or the coaches to really teach you guys how to play box perfectly he's like so this is just like the easiest transition to getting you integrated into the game a little bit um so that was like my first touch of it and then from there it's like I played I played in that one all the time in high school and then when I got good enough they let me play in the men's league so I would play in like this outdoor dirt grass yeah. league like some of the some of the goalies would be wearing like catcher shin pads from baseball and I would go <laughs> one all the time um that was always fun i still played in that one like when i was go back in college i'd stop by and play um but yeah, 
much box across as I could. Like every opportunity there was to do it, I was like, I'm just going to go play, you know, and it kind of, it helped out, helped out quite a bit in the long run. Yeah. Box was big for you guys in Denver too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a huge part of it as well. Like everything coach Brown does like translates to box across well. So it's like the way we learn to catch the ball on a wind up, like without cradling, like learning our footwork when we're bouncing the ball around the outside and man up, man down, how he kind of teaches us to, you know, finish the ball on the inside and things like that. When you, it's not like, you know, how to play box across from doing those fundamentals, but it makes that transition a lot easier. Right. Like we're not practicing big, huge dip and dunks and stuff like that where, you know, like that's kind of like a no, no. It's like keep it on your shoulder and snap it from your shoulder and put it wherever and be deceptive. And it's like once you kind of drive that in your head, how to catch the ball a certain way, like that stuff translates in the box better than some field lacrosse techniques like shooting. Like we don't really practice shooting the ball really hard at Denver. Right? Like we practice our screenshots. We practice deception. We practice things like that. And it helps you translate the box a lot better, but I would certainly attribute like all the fundamentals we learned to Denver and just obviously being around those Canadian guys and watching the way they put the ball in the back of the net, I would pick up some of it from field. And then it's like, when I'm going and playing box, I'm like, Oh, this is like a good opportunity to use this. You know? For sure. So, yeah. All right. I got to ask Cam, my, my last question. And we know I ask this every time. So I, I coach college now and I'm always interested in the recruiting process and, and how people got to where they are. Obviously, you know, Denver was a was a great story for you. It was the perfect situation. Like everything was awesome there for you. Were there other schools in the picture in your recruiting process? You know, when did your recruiting process start and kind of how did you end up in Denver? Yeah, so I like didn't really get recruited. So I was I mean, obviously, like everybody when I was still getting recruited was committing to, you know, UNC when they hadn't even like pissed in a high school urinal. And it's like, you know, it was it was nuts. Like every recruiting class was filled with a bunch of 14 year olds. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to North Carolina in four years. You're like, all right, dude, like you have no idea what you're going to be in four years. Um, but I had no I had no contact with any coaches. I was really small. Like my freshman year of high school, I was like five, two. And then I grew like what like six inches going into my sophomore year. And then like I got up to six foot by my junior year. So I was like kind of a string bean my junior year. Like this is like a hard kid to recruit, honestly. Like if I was recruiting me, I'd be like, yeah, this kid's underdeveloped. Not really much of an athlete yet. Like I had good hands because I was smaller when I was younger. So I had to like catch the ball and learn to shoot well to be able to be effective because I couldn't really dodge. It wasn't an athlete. I was smaller than everybody else and I just get bumped over, you know. Um, so I had no recruiting going into like up to my junior year. Same guy, Mark Lynch, who's showed me all the box across and has helped me so much. Going after my junior high school, I started playing some really good lacrosse and starting to, like, become a good player and, like, see the whole field and have, like, a lot of confidence. And I was starting to fill out into my body a little bit. Um, so that summer, I was playing for a club team that was just a local team that's gone out of Cincinnati. Um, again, like, we didn't really have many kids ever going and playing in college. Like, everyone was just filtering into D3 schools. Like, that was just the story of what it was, um, which is any hot non-hotbed area. But – so Coach Lynch came from Texas, so he knew the guys from Stick Star Lacrosse, which used to be a pretty high-end club team with recruiting. They've kind of got sick of the recruiting stuff and moved towards developmental like lacrosse and training. Um, but at the time, they had one of those teams, you know, filled up with a bunch of guys going D1. It was the first team I ever played on. They had like 10 kids that were all committed to Division One schools. I played two tournaments out with them in Colorado. First tournament, whatever. I actually played well both weeks, but – at this point in time, the only schools I had ever communicated with were Bellarmine and Mercer. And at the time, it was like 
Mercer was like not great at all. Like they were like literally, I think it was Bellerman and Mercer were both in the bottom two or three in Division One. Mm-hmm. So I was actually personally talking to Capital University. Uh, yeah. yeah, like uh, my so my brother played basketball at Capital. So I was talking to the coach of Capital at Ohio State Prospect like day. And I was like, hey, man, like if I can't make it to Division One, like I want to come to Capital and play with my like and be at the same school as my brother. And so like that was the plan. <laughs> and then because I was like, I'm not going to Bellerman. They're like, you know, like my mom's like big and competitive. She's a really good athlete. She's like, you're going to go play in a program that's like winners. And she's like, you're like, learn how to be a winner. You're going to play for a coach who knows how to win. You're not just going to go to a D1 team to go to a D1 team. Not saying that Bellarmine and Mercer are bad spots for kids that might want to go there in the future. But for me, it like didn't seem like the greatest option. So I wasn't really at that point. I was like a little discouraged just planning to play and have fun. Played like the greatest game of my life at some uncommitted all-star game in Colorado in the airport and the ride home. Like me and my mom were pulling up to the airport. I was like, I played so well. Every coach I talked to after the All-Star game was like, you're a great player. Talked to like Duke, talked to Ohio State, all these schools. And they were all like, yes, our recruiting class is full. So I was like, shit, whatever. Like, doesn't really matter. Like, I played well. I'm just happy about playing well. Um, and I'm in the airport boarding a plane. And I get a phone call and it's like, hey, it's Bill Tierney. I'm like, what the f- Are you kidding me, man? I'm like, no way. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's Bill Tierney with Denver. Like, can we get you on a visit? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, sorry, I didn't talk to you after the game. Like, I couldn't catch it. And I was like blown away. Go home, take the visit, offer me a walk-on spot. Was able to go to Denver and had to figure it out from there. So it was it was real last minute. I think I ended up committing like in late fall, going into my senior high school to Denver. I was just kind of just giving it a shot, and it uh, panned out. Man, I'm glad I asked that recruiting story. That was yeah, that that's. Was- Probably one of the better answers we've gotten for sure. That was sick. It was yeah. It's it was quite a process. I was nervous for a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very fun doing it. I'm glad it panned out, but it, it was no fun. Yeah, it's a success story, right? That's that's super cool. Uh, Garrett, I feel like we haven't heard from you in a minute, and you always come with like weird questions. So, <laughs> what do you got for Jack? I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. I've never met anybody that blew off Bill Tierney, but I mean, here we are. <laughs> oh, and I picked up the phone. Come on. <laughs> at the tournament, he said he couldn't away. catch you. <laughs> you were busy. You're a hot guy to talk to the tournament. And he's like, hey, <laughs> couldn't reach you. Um, oh, but I mean, I've known him. <laughs> well, I mean, to really close it out, it just seems. You, you're you're part of something special, really, wherever you go. And your path has been, I mean, has been special in and of itself. You come from a not a, a truly like a, a not really a hotbed area. And now you're playing at, at, honestly, at the highest level in two professional leagues. Um, for kids that are, hey, there might be some kids that are in your same situation that want to go down that path. What advice do you have for them? For me, it, it is you know, it starts with falling in love with the game of lacrosse. Like, you know, I think these days a lot of kids get hooked up on, and not to say that I wasn't at the time, but like a lot of kids get hooked up on the club lacrosse circuit. You know, what's the cool merch to have? What's all this, this, and that? And not really falling in love with like what really matters in the game of lacrosse, which is like understanding the, you know, the creativity and the beauty of the game. And honestly, like for me, I really started to love lacrosse. I was in eighth grade and Lyle Thompson came to Cincinnati. Like they did the Thompson Brothers camp here. And it was like, that was like the first time I'd been around somebody that was that high level of a lacrosse player. Obviously, like it's Lyle Thompson. So I was, you know, involved with him. And, you know, like I've been sleeping with my stick for like four games since he told me to do it in eighth grade. 
Cause he was like, yeah, take care of the lacrosse stick. Right. And it was like, once I did that and I started like really like taking care of my stick and like listening to the words, like of the native guys and how they treat the game of lacrosse. And it was like, I just found myself in the backyard with my stick in my hands a lot. And just like loving the little parts, not as much as always being like, yeah, I can't wait to go to practice. Like I'm going to grind so hard at practice and, you know, work on my alley dodge. I was always like, I just want to learn something new. I want to catch the ball in a different way, you know? And it's like all that kind of piled up and uh, yeah, it's like, you know, just focusing on like the competitiveness of lacrosse and the toughness of lacrosse. And that's why I think box lacrosse is so big for these kids. Um, and like that ability to fall in love with it. Cause then you, you fall in love with the idea of like learning new things. Right. And it's like a lot of kids love the idea of scoring goals. Not a lot of kids like love the idea of like spending 30 or 40 minutes going real slow and practicing a finish that you haven't really thought of before. And just like figuring out how it works. You know, and like to me, that's the best part of the game. Sometimes I go out to shoot and I take one ball and I'm like, I'm just going to visualize what I'm doing on the field and screw around and try to figure out something new for a new situation, you know. And to a lot of kids, that seems really boring, but it's a very complex game of lacrosse, right? If you think about it, we're the only stick and ball sport to where the stick isn't matched to your body and size, right? Like hockey, we got you, you got your certain flex, you got a certain length of your stick, golf, right? The, the for most kids that are playing competitive golf right your your sticks are they're lined up to your body they're you're fit to you right so like lacrosse is there's no given stick length for your body and your biomechanics so it spends you got to spend a lot of time figuring out how a stick feels in your hands right like every kid's gloves are worn in a little bit differently because everyone's hands are different sizes like you can't really it's like golf right like oh, okay i feel this when i'm swinging okay i feel this but you guys might be doing the same thing and feeling two completely different things so just really like figuring out and learning how a stick works around your body and like understanding the game in a whole and like playing little backyard games and things like that. Like that's how you really develop those like little skills. Like when you see these guys in box across do ridiculous stuff or these Canadian guys in field that'll whip it between their legs or whatever it may be. It's like I guarantee they figured that stuff out, screwing around with the stick in their hand and just like enjoying the game. Not as much like let me just grind out shooting the ball as hard as I can from 12 yards a bunch of times, you know, like there's no fun in that. It's the game's a beautiful game to play. And uh, I just feel like that's like the starting point for really getting good. You got to love everything about lacrosse. Cause it's like, if you don't love getting checked, it's not a fun sport to play. If you don't like love the idea of being mentally tough and, and trying to have to grind through with your teammates and, and really muck up ground balls or something, if that's not fun to you. It's like, well, then you're, it's going to be hard for you to be a complete player and really turn everything around, right? It's, you know, it's, it just starts that love for the game and, like, really listening to the people that are the best and, like, how they treat the game and how they go out and practice. Um, that just, like, carries so much weight. I still do everything I did when I was a kid to this day, and it, it just carried over. And it's like I always, you know, I was watching Mark Matthews do toe drags like everybody else and practicing them through doorways in my house, you know? It's like I walk around my college house the entire Zoom university year with my stick in my hand. I was like, I would just like go sit on the couch. It's like, all right, my stick's coming with me. I'm going to screw with it, whatever, you know? It's like having that passion for the game, and it's almost like a habit that really takes a big step in your lacrosse career. And then from there, it's just digging into whatever you can and all the information that's out there these days. Because I will say, like, the kids these days, like, man, the information's there. You go on social media, you can listen to the best guys in the world talk about the game. It's not, it the you know, it's being a professional lacrosse player, we're not that far away from the high school kids. You know, it's like, it's not like I'm freaking Patrick Mahomes out here. It's like, you can't find a way to come talk to me. You know, it's like, hit me up on Instagram and I'll respond. So it's like, there's information. Hey, it might take a few months, but he'll get back to you. 
You know, yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I do my no. best. But like, it's like you know, like if a kid comments on my Instagram page or something, it's like I'm going to respond to that kid. Yeah. It's like, so it's such a close knit world that it's for the taking if you want it, you know, and you really care about the game. So that's, that's like first and foremost what I say to kids. Everything else takes care of itself, right? Anybody of any body size and shape can play lacrosse and find their niche. You know, it's like we got guys that can barely run out there that are professionals that can catch anything under the sun and bury it back in the net. And you don't know what they just did. We also got guys that are, you know, NFL quality athletes running around the field as well. So it's like everybody can play the game as long as you're in love with it and you figure out how you can play. Like it's for the grabbing for these kids moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we've, we've definitely realized is just how accessible you guys are. And I think that's a big difference between, you know, professional leagues that you guys are in and, you know, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, all that kind of stuff. Right. So uh, I would definitely encourage guys to, to reach out to pro players or just people that they look up to in the community because it's it's even paid off for us and we're adults, right? So uh, we really appreciate you coming on, Jack. I have two last remarks for you and then we'll let you go. Are we going to see you playing for Team USA in 2024 in Utica for the World Indoor Championship? Yeah, that's the plan. Hell that yeah. Is- uh, yeah. And then I just wanted to give you uh, a minute or two at the end here to just talk about what you're doing in Denver and your new uh, like coaching venture and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just I uh, kind of got hooked up and I'm now owning an indoor facility called the Lacrosse Den in Denver. And uh, it's, you know, we're just training skill work with kids, everything I was just kind of talking about, like, you know, understand how your stick works and really breaking it thing, breaking things down for a kid to be able to work on stuff on his own. Um, it's a really cool facility. It's like the size of it is perfect for the fact you can dodge at full speed and you can work on everything in your game. But you don't have to like it's not like we can go out and play 5v5 in the building everything's a little bit smaller it's very rep driven spending your time figuring out how your stick works um you know and just getting the shots in that you need and really teaching the kid the fundamentals of the game so that all the high level skills really don't feel complicated right like a behind the back pass and around the world pass it's the same thing as throwing it forward right like your butt ends pointed somewhere your stick pass going that direction it's the same thing for all of it so it's for me I'm trying to simplify the high level stuff, you know, you, you see all these little kids and the PLL juniors and stuff doing things that you see literally the pros doing and they're 14 years old, like where the game is going to be in a couple of years is, is going to be ridiculous. So, so for me, being able to give back and giving the kids a spot. So that's just a really fun learning environment where they can compete, play a bunch of three by get your shots and turn some music on and have like really fall in love with the game lacrosse outside of kind of the club circuit grind and, and grinding through the spring season and really like focusing on winning championships with your team and stuff. It's I'm just trying to give kids an outlet to to really fall in love with the game and, and you know, spend some time doing whatever they want with their buddies and and giving them the drills that they can take home and on their own, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're doing good things. Casey Powell's coming to Colorado. I was just talking to him yesterday. So hopefully to get that guy going and some of the speed lack, all that stuff. So I'm super excited about it. We've only been open for a couple months, but uh it's uh, it's, it's going to be the real deal. We're going to be pumping kids out that can really play ball here soon. And uh, you're going to start seeing colleges uh, with guys that are coming out of lacrosse down. Love it. We can't wait. Uh, we're definitely excited to to follow that and, and your season and, you know, everything that that's coming down the road for you. But really insightful conversation. It's been great, Jack. Uh, I, you know, we mean it when we say we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I'll connect with you offline. We're going to have our merch go live soon. So maybe I'll shoot you a hat or a hoodie or something uh, for coming on the show. But uh, anything else for him before we let him go, guys? Love it, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's been great. Appreciate it, Jack.
Thanks for having me, fellas. It was a blast. See you, man. It's like